then we can chart when we're ending up at a place that's so far from what we're supposed to be that we no longer even recognize it. Like I said, I'm just asking you to do this. I want to know who I'm talking to in the room and what the general overall feel. I, I have an imagination of what will be in the room. But I could be wrong. So I don't know. I, I don't know. And so, yeah, they can do it now. And you can leave it. Um, they don't have to turn it in. So, uh, Mike, you want to put this on the back of the table? Just set it back there. I mean, just walk by. And I'll just pick them up. It doesn't matter. But today we're going to get started and we're, we're still talking about the war for the door. I just want to start by reading some of this. And as people come in, we're going to get people to answer these. But we're not talking about it today. Because the, the fact of the matter is, I've been studying this now. You can ask Mike. I mean, he, he knows. I mean, I, I drive him crazy when I'm studying. Because I'm an auditory, I'm a, I'm a speaking learner. I talk all the time. Imagine. I learn by teaching. And so I'm constantly teaching him, but I'm not really teaching him, I'm just learning. But he has to be the person who has to hear all the teaching as I'm learning. He's my pupil all the time. And so he's like, I said, are you listening? Are you listening? Respond back. What did you just hear? So it's terrible to be married to me, I'm sure. I'm a, I'm a professional lecturer. Okay, so here, listen to this. That which anchored us on this earth and gave us supremacy to operate with planetary dominion, namely our fleshly bodies was made the primary means of decision-making through the temptation and subsequent fall of humanity. The fall pattern, which as we saw, was we already studied this. They saw, they took, they saw, they saw it was good, and they took it. That's the fall pattern. With the flesh or the sensory realm taking the lead, man's senses became the paramount method to his gaining information or deciding what was good or evil, what was good or bad. It was purely circumstantial evidence. Mankind born after the image of fallen Adam traversed without the aid or with the fading or failing aid of the spirit realm to sustain and supply him. So, here we go. With the way of God being closed, this is real important, y'all, with the way of God being closed by mankind's chosen operating system, a.k.a. his flesh. His flesh became the lamp unto his feet and the light unto his path. Yes. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, okay. Y'all, mankind, born after the image of fallen Adam. Okay, Genesis, Genesis 5.3 says, we were made in the image of God, but Genesis 5.3 said that Adam beget children after his likeness in his image. That's the fall. Romans 5 will also tell you the same thing if you want to look that up. So while we have, the, we have the intent of the image of God, that image became marred. That's where the word transmogrified comes in, that it became distorted. It's no longer that there's only two real humans who've ever walked on the planet. Well, three, if we count Adam and Eve. They're one flesh. And then who is the other? See, we all set, use that word. I'm only human, Right? But what was God's version of humanity? Now, the only, the pre-fall Adam and, and, there you go. See, we, we take, it's so easy for us to take Jesus. See, that's why Jesus is called the last Adam. Imagine, 
the only two humans to ever walk on the planet that knew what it meant to be human. You see what I'm saying? See, the ha- you have to start. Yeah, you have to. Because re- your version of humanity is distorted by the fall. Oh, see, see what I'm saying? That is so important for you to understand that. Your version of humanity is defunct. It's bogus. Yes. And what? how do I know that? See, I, I, this is what I've been teaching for so long, but I think maybe I've just made an inroad. So Jesus, when he said in him, when John talked about Jesus, in him was life, the life of the true human. And that life was the light of men. But some of you are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, he was God. Yes, yes, he was. He was God. But why did he come to the planet? To show us what? What it looked like to be human. Because Philippians 2 tells us that he did not think it was robbery to to be equal with God. So in other words, he didn't claim his equality with God, though he never lost his equality with God. He just didn't operate in that. We know that because when he was tempted, Satan showed him the kingdoms of this world. He took him to the pinnacle of the temple. He, you know, said, make these um, stones become bread. He he attacked him in his sensory realm. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He attacked his five senses. And Jesus did not. Could he have made the stones bread? He was God. He didn't. He didn't grab for that equality. He submitted himself to his father, and he let his stomach growl. And it growled and growled. And he did not eat. He did not do. He said, it is written. He put the lamp to his feet and the light to his path as the Torah, the word of God. That was his instruction. Satan was trying to get him to get a Pop-Tart. <laughs> she's, she's saying, listen to me. She's going. <laughs> it was perfect. It was like my perfect, yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh. <laughs> so we see, see, this is so important. Is that so the light that is in Jesus is the light of true without sin. Is that not good, y'all? Y'all should be at this point going, hot dog, shot, golly. Yeah. See, this is we can't even study Revelation until y'all understand this. Because your exponential error will always be there. I'm not saying I've got it all figured out, but I'm telling you, I study this more than is probably normal. I don't want to be normal. I just, I, I, I went to bed last night t- complaining to God. As I, we li- I asked Mike on the way home yesterday from our, our kids, I said, can I listen, would you mind if I listen to Revelation one more time? Right? We painted. I said, do you mind if we listen to Revelation? I listen to it all the time. Because, and then I went to bed complaining to God. I said, God, I don't understand why you won't make me understand. 
I can't even understand. That's what I told him. I, said, I can't even understand this without you. I went to bed last night going, I'm up for some divine dream if that's what you choose. And I got none. So just more working. So this is just occupies my mind. But see, when I'm occupying my mind with this other revelation, see, what it is is I don't even get the answers to the question because I don't have, I don't understand enough information yet to even have the question answered. I mean, do what? Yes, exactly. He's still using, like, how long is it? Four SpongeBob's. I don't know how to tell time. I don't have the grid for the understanding. So he, he's like, we're, he's teaching me this over here. And I'm like, Lord, you know, we're supposed to be talking about the entire, yeah, we're getting there, Andrea. So mankind, born after the image of fallen Adam, traversed without the aid or the fading or muted or selective aid of the spirit realm to sustain and supply him. All spiritual intervention was by the grace of God. If you're looking for the Bible and you say there is no grace in the Old Testament, you don't know how to read the Bible. So when we talk about, when we use that dumb statement of like, yeah, we live now in the age of grace. Any intervention of God to man is grace. So man, born after the image of fallen Adam, traversed without the aid or the fading muted aid of the spirit realm to sustain and supply him. With the way of God being closed, how do we know the way of God was closed? Mike preached it so masterfully last week that it, I mean, the garden was closed. That's Genesis 3.24. By man's chosen operating system. What was man's chosen operating system? The five senses. The five senses. He disobeyed. See, we haven't even seen, see, you, we haven't even seen the proliferation of sin yet in Genesis here. We don't even know what sin looks like yet. You don't even understand, because you haven't seen it yet, have you? You haven't seen Cain kill Abel, have you? Not at this point. You just know man has chosen the tree of the knowledge of good and bad. You know that he has chosen his own operating system. You know that's all you know at this point. With the way of God being closed and man's chosen operating system, his flesh, his five senses became the lamp to his feet and the light to his path. So Jesus is the other, remember? So he's in the wilderness being tested, and he uses, it is written, it is written, it is written. He says, I will not use my five senses, though he had all five. He was fully human. He said, I will not use my five senses to decide what is good and bad. I will use, and it is written, and it is written, and it is written. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Okay, so that should give you a whole nother context of what the word is. The word of the Torah was the, was the, gives an external teacher, an external teacher via covenant. That's Galatians 3.24. A schoolmaster is what Paul told the church at Galatia. The Torah, the word, the law was a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ. God's grace moved to preserve humanity until the promised head-crushing seed would be revealed. See, the, the, the law being given was God's grace. Let's get a school and let's put a schoolmaster over it. All of the law, I've been looking at the dietary law and everything. Amazing if you just begin to understand the dietary law, what it was meant to teach a spiritual reality. You see, y'all live in this realm, hard, fast in this realm, as I do too. 
under the governance of your five senses, right? It's just how we live. Now, how many of you have ever seen the show? One of my favorites is um, Hunger Games. Love the Hunger Games. You know what I love about it is it has such like apocalyptic themes to it. And I love the fact that when they go in the games, right, there's the game master who creates the game. The game is an alternate reality, right? It's a VA head system, but it's not even a head system. It is a literal reality that they don't need a head, but it's real to them. How many of you have ever had on VR gla- virtual reality glasses? Oh, my gosh. I get in those things. My son-in-law has one, and he'll take me up on an elevator, and I have to walk the plank. I'm just in his living room. I'm only in his living room. But I can't stop it. I can't. And I know it. Intellectually, I know this is not real. But it is so real in my mind. There's this plane, and everything's out there. And this is what I'm doing. And in my mind, I'm saying, just walk. It doesn't matter, Andrew. There's floor everywhere. There's floor everywhere. Many of you, if you've never done it, you're like, I wouldn't be that stupid. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Mike's the only one who wouldn't because he just he didn't play anything fun. So, <laughs> so here... So here we are, and here's the thing. This is me. I'm going, I'm walking the plank. I'm in the living room. This is all they see. Because <laughs> my, see, now when the Bible says, now imagine, imagine with me just for a second, the world we live in, the Bible basically talks about it as a virtual reality. It's just a virtual reality. When the Bible says that the heavens will roll up like a scroll, all of a sudden you see the boundaries begin to break down of this reality. Well, absolutely. But, what, but see, even that's true because we hadn't even moved. I hadn't even got there. You're so far ahead. I'm, I'm, see, I'm still in just, I'm just in Israel. See, the Lord, what did he say? Oh, that they had a heart that would serve me. Oh. So he gave Moses the administrator of the first covenant, but it didn't quite hit the target, did it? But then Ezekiel says something amazing. He said, I will make a covenant with them in the latter times. I will take out, maybe it's Jeremiah, that heart of stone. And I will, I will put into them a heart of flesh. And I will write on that heart of flesh. So he does, but it's by the Spirit. It's only by the Spirit. But see, we're not there yet, are we? See, we're still dealing with humanity living under the guide of his five senses. But the problem is that we living in today on the other side of the cross, we still don't even understand what it means to walk in the Spirit. Of course, because you... Well, that's well because how so what do you have to have? The lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path under a new administrator. Who's the new administrator of the covenant? 
I heard it back there. I've said it a hundred times. The Holy Spirit. Because on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, the Spirit of God in the sound of a rushing mighty wind, see, that came down. And see, and Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, he compares. He does a comparison for y'all. He said, if the ministry of death had glory, then how much more glorious will the ministry of life be? See, if you know anything about the Old Covenant, you know whenever Moses came down from the mountain holding the Ten Commandments written on stone, that he found below a group of people having an orgy dancing around a golden calf. And so what he did is he threw down the, the commandments because it was, a ta- I've told you all this, it's tantamount to committing adultery on your wedding night. That's what the command, they were marrying the Lord. They were, it was a marriage ceremony. It's what the whole Sinai, the whole thing was supposed to be. That's why, that's why that it, it, Israel is used over and over again in the word of God is committing adultery. Yet we read Hosea. The whole thing is set up to show, to show this is a commitment of marriage proportion. And so Moses comes down from the mountain, and he finds them, and he says, who will be with me? And who gathers around him? His family, the Levites, gather, gather around him. That's why they become the, the priesthood. And then so Moses tells them, take swords and go. Oddly enough, that would have been the swords that they got from Egypt, from the Red Sea. Take swords and go and slay everyone who is in the midst of this adulterous worship. And how many died on that day? 3,000. So you know it. So 3,000 died. On the day of Pentecost, how many people came in? See the ministry of death, the ministry of life. There's your perfect parallel. It's right there. So if the ministry of death had an administrator called Moses, read Hebrew on this, Hebrews on this, then the, the ministry of life, who's, administ- who's administering this new covenant? The Holy Spirit. Who's writing it in your flesh? Yeah. And so, and so if you have a new heart, if you actually have a new heart with the laws written on your heart, what, what do we need with the laws? Oh, so we shouldn't probably be acting like the Ten Commandments are something bad for the church. They're not. I hear of churches all the time removing them from their property. You know, and the, the reason being is because they think that grace makes them irrelevant. The Spirit makes them irrelevant because you don't need anybody to tell you what you do naturally. You become a law to yourself. See, that is the greatest deception of, the, of this new supposed grace teaching that leaves you, that, 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 that says basically that the nature of sin has been changed, not the nature of man. I know, but it doesn't matter what the Bible says, Tim. You know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what that says. It matters what I feel in this place called virtual reality. And see, it all sounds good until it comes to your doorstep. It sounds good. It, yes. Of course, it sounds good. It sounds good until it comes to your doorstep, and and you don't have the money to pay your bills, and so you don't tithe. Are you here some variant of it to gratify your own flesh? See how this, oh, well, Andrea, I thought you, it's easy to point the fingers at others while, you know, you're sleeping with your girlfriend or boyfriend. It's, It's easy to say, oh, 
Well, Jesus, he knows I'm a sinner saved by grace, and he covers my sin. What, but you were, when you're looking at pornography on Saturday night and coming to church on Sunday morning. What? See how this looks different when, it ro- when the door rolls up to your house or when you're spewing out vile things from your very mouth, a mouth that belongs to God, as you're saying, GDF and SI, whatever, blah, 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 and you're going, you're going, oh, I need to watch on my, I need to watch my mouth. Excuse my French. That's not French. <laughs> it's not French. You see what I'm saying? See, it sounds different when you're throwing your little temper tantrum fit and blowing up around your house because you didn't get your way with your spouse. What? Andrew, we're only human. Yeah, I know. I know what kind of humans we are. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Oh, what? See why you don't need the law? See why you don't need the law? You have the Spirit. And when you speak like that, the Spirit of God should be slapping its hand over your mouth. And if it's not, then you're not submitted to the Spirit like you think you are. So when I'm talking about cleaning up the vessels, I'm not talking about cleaning up the world. I'm talking about cleaning up you and me. I'm talking about the Spirit actually living in your life and actually doing the work in your house. When we say, let the kingdom come and thy will be done on earth, you happen to be the point of origin for the kingdom coming to your house first. Let the king, let the let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're that place. It's not, I mean, don't please, don't even bother trying to get the White House fixed up when you can't get 1104 Churchill Lane fixed up. That's my house, whatever you put in your address. You see what I'm saying? I mean, check out what entertains you. What entertains you? I mean, I mean, that's really what we have to say. We have to be, we have to question what entertains us. And so that's where, I mean, that's, this is part of it. This is how it hits me too. I'm like, do I have, am I entertained by two people sleeping together? I mean, this is, see, this is where, this is, see, when, see, I hate to be so, so blunt but, I, it, but see, we're not going to be ready. We're not going to be ready if we have all these versions of spirituality that gives us a pass. Because all we're doing is grading sin. And we're putting things that we don't do as the reference point for what makes us holy. But when we want to talk about the things that we do do, it all of a sudden feels like, don't judge me. I'm sorry, but the person who says, don't judge me, has already entered into judgment. You can't tell me that. You can't say don't judge me without having judged the fact that I'm judging you. I mean, it just doesn't work. It says that a tree will be known by the fruit. So here we are. Jesus. With the way of God being closed and mankind's chosen operating system, his flesh became the lamp unto his feet and the light unto your path. That's what, see, that's what I want y'all to really come up with is the fact that does the word of God really guide you or does some version of your circumstantial data mixed with some bits and pieces of the Bible actually guide you? And what does that mean? I use my circumstance and enough of the Bible to actually validate what I want to do or what I'm already doing to justify my behavior. So here it is. Here it is. I mean, like I said, I'm going to do this until y'all go find somebody else who will do it for you. Says the word of God was given as an external teacher. God's grace moved to preserve humanity until the promised head-crushing seed would be revealed. He gave the law to Israel to preserve humanity. 
until the head-crushing seed would be revealed. That's Jesus. That's Genesis 3.15. Now, the darkened realm and its ruler, John 14.13, says the prince of this world has come, and he has nothing in me. Jesus, not a zilch, nothing. He's found no foothold in me. The prince of this world has come, and he has found nothing in me. So he could, now the prince of this world and its ruler could use man's dominance in the planet and his distorted identity to build the systems of delusion and distortion. These are called beast systems. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. The systems of distortion and delusion, beast systems. It will include a lot of religion, a lot of my beliefs and your beliefs, and it'll have some of that, and beast systems. All the be- when did the beast systems first start? Well, Cain. Cain killed Abel. Sin is crouching. What, is, what crouches? A beast crouches. Sin is crouching at your door, but you must master it. But he didn't. He raised up and he killed Abel, his brother. He was sent off. And God in his mercy marked him and said that if anybody kills him, he would be avenged seven times, right? That's what happened. But by the time you get to six generations, Cain's great-great-great-great-grandson, great-grandson, Lamech, Married two wives, and he said, I killed a man for wounding me, and a young man, a boy, for bruising me. Just bruise. A bruise. A bruise. Or probably accidental, right? A kid run into you, bruise you. Kid carrying something through the house and stumbles and falls and bruises you. I killed him for bruising me. Many of us do the same thing. Someone cuts you off in traffic. You idiot, moron, learn how to drive. Gosh. See what I mean? Don't look at me all holy. I ride with my husband. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He didn't let me drive, so I'm super sanctified here. (laughs) Do what? Mm, I know. Beast systems, right? So here we have, so wait, no, i got to keep talking. Beast, B-E-A-S-T. No, beast, beast, crouch, beast, a beast system. So the systems are being built, the beast systems. So what he did is he took, and what did he say when he he murdered? Y'all can read this, it's all in Genesis. All for your viewing pleasure. He said, if, if, he said, Cain, if he was avenged seven times, I will be avenged 77 times. So what did he do? He took the grace that he was given, and he distorted it. He distorted it down to it being some sort of a license for him to do whatever he wanted to do. Welcome to the American gospel. Seventy times seven. So what he's saying there, what he's saying there is so we get the understanding. So we don't just go, okay, get a, a, a list out and start, ma- and, and you know, label. one. Okay, take a piece of paper out and label one to 77. That's not what it's meant to be. The reference is he's referencing back so that you understand that we're paralleling a system to the beast system, but it's totally opposite than the beast system. This is a whole new system. This whole new system, what's the system called? The kingdom. The kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth 
We got any depots for the kingdom? That's where it's coming first, or it's not coming at all. And he's gonna and he's gonna check and see if it's come to you. Many will take attributes of the kingdom on that day, and they will say, Lord, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I cast out devils? Didn't I do the things of the kingdom? Didn't I do things in the kingdom? Yeah, but I don't, he said, depart from me. I never knew you. See, there's no kingdom in you. There's no kingdom in you. Because the kingdom of God is not with observation in this administration of the kingdom. The ki- it's coming. And the kingdoms of this world, the beast systems, shall become the kingdoms of of our God and his Christ. That's the end. That's the summation. But right now, you're supposed to take the work that he did on the cross, and you're supposed to completely submit your life to the work of the cross. And that does not include, you know, why you need to take up your cross? It's because your flesh, your five senses, your operating system will need to have the appropriate instrument of death applied to it, or you will continue to chronically use that five-sense operating system to use and master and rule your life day in, day out, sun up to sun down, and you will use grace systems that religion has provided for you to give you a pass on anything that is inconvenient for you, and you will submit to the Lord in service of installments as sees nice and fit for you. You know, it's like going into the auto dealership and you want to buy the expensive car and it doesn't matter what the price is. All they ask you is what is your monthly payment? What monthly payment are you looking for? And the devil will always give you a monthly payment that you're looking for. So I hope this is hard. I hope this is so hard it starts to make you question the validity of the thing that you call your relationship. You're like, Andrea, this is bringing condemnation, not bringing condemnation. The world is already condemned. I'm trying to lead you across the threshold of the place called the kingdom. As me, myself and I. To bring, and I, I don't know any other way to do this. And so we use man's distorted, the beast systems, Daniel 7. We won't go there. We read it last week. And they saw what the first beast came up. And it was like this. It gave all these beastly things. It was like a mixture of men and animals all amalgamated together, right? You're supposed to view, visualize a monster. And then another beast comes up. These are government, these are geopolitical rulers that operate, that give the structures for the beast system, which is this the virtual reality that we live in And all of darkness is penetrating in using whomever darkness can. Who will God use? Who will Satan use? The same ones. And so here we have the world systems being built. All the world systems. Now I want to read to you a little bit of 1 John. I have pulled it up here as I was, don't do this, searching my internet while I was driving. 1 John 2, 15. I was like, oh, that's a great scripture. I'm like driving away. I did it without glasses too. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. 16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh. These are five senses, right? This is the, See, this is the... Everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. 17. The world and its desires, 
what is driven by the five senses, man deciding what's good and bad based on his own terms. And anywhere it's not as good as the Bible says, he uses grace to try to fill in the gaps. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of the Father lives forever. James 4.4 4 says, friendship with the world is hostility with God. Either be a friend of the world or be a friend of God. But you can't be friends with both. Wow. So we move on. Those are the beast systems all the way. The final beast system will arise right out of the sand, the sand of the sea in Revelation. The final beast system. Because Satan will be thrown from heaven and he will know his time is short. He will be thrown to earth. And he will, I believe that's probably in the three and a half year mark of the tribulation. The Antichrist will have already risen to power, to geopolitical power operating in the beast system, the final, the fourth kingdom marked out by Daniel. But when Satan is thrown from heaven and he lands on this earth, he will be filled with rage, the Bible says. And he will absolutely possess this man that will be a world leader called the Antichrist. He will be the ultimate Genesis 3.15 seed, the seed of Satan. He will be Satan. He will be the counterpart in all ways to Christ, the anti. He will. It'll be, it'll be countdown begun. Daniel says that when 2,300 days, that whenever oblation starts in the temple, oblation, sacrifice, when oblation starts in the temple, oblation will go for 2,300, no, it will, 2,300 days from the start of oblation or sacrifice, and Jesus will return. Gives you the exact time. But midway through, at 1,260 days, oblation will stop. The Antichrist will make oblation stop. Sacrifice will stop. We need a temple in Israel, right? Do you know that I watched, the, I watched the footage the other day as they brought in five red heifers. They are about to, guys, they could start sacrificing any day. You don't know how close it is. Some of you will think you're going to miss it all. Others won't. And so we've got, we've got things moving up. It's wrapping up. It's wrapping up right now. And so the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. That's what we're heading to. There will actually, right now, you live in the, you live in the administration of the kingdom that's within. And your job is to get it without. But see, the kingdom governance has to be first. You have to be solid in kingdom governance. Does the kingdom govern your life? Well, that's where Jesus, he, he set it all up to find out if kingdom governance was actually operating in your life by a thing called the Sermon on the Mount. If someone slaps you on one side, if someone, you know, if give them an extra coat too. If someone asks for your cloak, give me your coat also. See, it's kingdom governance. See, kingdom governance. It is, but it's not so hard whenever the Lord is administrator of your life. You know why it's not as hard? Because he forgave so easily. I like that. Let's go, let's go to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians. See, I think, we, I think that we have misunderstood the cross and the joys of the cross. 
We think the cross is an instrument of torture. It's an instrument of death to our advantage. Let's go to, Col- let's go to Colossians um, 3. You have to, do, do we have to die daily? If we look at that in context, you might want to look at that context in, in context. Paul said he dies daily, and he was talking about his persecutions because of, and so maybe we do die daily, but if, if with regard to how we submit, how we buck up under persecution. Colossians 3, I think it's, it may be 220. I'm trying to find it here. Let's move. I'm all, oh, I'm on the wrong page. Um, I can find it. Colossians. Oh, it's, it's not. It's 2. Sorry. It's 2. I'm going to do this out glasses. Y'all are going to see me being healed right before your very eyes. In him, in him, right? This is Colossians 2. It's not 20. It's 11. Colossians 2, 11. In him, that's Christ, you were also circumcised. Uh, do I, need, I don't need to explain what circumcision is, do I? In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision done not by hand in the stripping away of the body of the flesh through the circumcision of Messiah. You were buried along with him in immersion through which you were also sealed with him by trusting in the working of God. The whole spiritual teaching of circumcision is it did what to the flesh? Removed it. It's gone. Where's it at? Where's it at? It's, it's <laughs> Gross. Okay, but so, okay, okay, but that's good right there. Okay, some of you saved your son's circumcision flesh. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. But see what we have, though. <laughs> I expect they're laughing. The point being, wait, wait. The point being, where's it at? Is it attached to you any longer? So when we talk about we deal with the flesh, while we might deal with the, the system, it's the operating system of the flesh. See, we don't really have a faith constructed around a, a total removal of the flesh for a victory that we believe. Now, at any time, the flesh, see, if we, if we had the dimension, the degree of victory that the cross actually has appropriated for us, but see, what we have, what we have is we have a, we have the flesh, we, we bring it real close in. And we don't understand that through immersion, when we were baptized, that what you left in the baptismal tank, because maybe you didn't understand baptism, it was just some religious thing you did. Because when you, the picture of immersion, when you were baptized and you came up, there was an old person, if you could look, if you could have looked into that baptismal water, you would have seen a dead version of yourself there. But when you were raised, see, that's a loyalty pledge. Now, I'm not saying we don't have struggles. It says through many tribulations we will enter the kingdom. Through many tribulations we will enter the kingdom. And see, that's what, where, how we deal with tribulation. It depends on how much. It, see, it all comes down to this. How much of, what's the word? How much room, how much do you give allowance for the things of the flesh? See, and see, that's where, that's where, you, that's where you could benefit. You could benefit from some spiritual disciplines, like fasting. You could benefit from some spiritual disciplines. Like if, you're, if you can't get, this is so helpful. If you, if you struggle with anger or you struggle with this and just through a repentance you can't get victory over it. Yeah. 
what it does in fasting is it is a it's a it's a it's a it's a faith response that reaches to God and says the very most basic demand of my body I, I willingly deny so that I can receive from you and a, a a victory over this this part of myself and it, it, it does it just moves things in a way now we'll, we'll move on we'll move on at least this get too tough and so so man's way was marred and his mind was closed to the unseen realm of his father that's John 3.19. That is so important, guys, John 3.19. When, whenever Nicodemus and Jesus are meeting, I want to go there. I, I just have to go there. It's just too good not to talk about. Another place I've just been spending inordinate amount of time is right here, Nicodemus and Jesus. When he tells, when they're, they're meeting, and, and he's talking to the man who, who has the, the Torah light. But the Torah light guy is talking to the life light guy it's just John 3 I'll hit different places in John 3 so he meets Nicodemus at night all the whole thing is so ironic Nicodemus meets him at night and it ultimately culminates in the conversation about men loving darkness rather than light and so it's all Jesus is such a a boss teacher he really is and so, and so Jesus answered him and he, he tells him he must be born from above and, and what's so amazing about the language is born again or is it born from above? It's like, yes, it's born from above again. See, because man got to this planet by being born from above, did he not? And so, and he tells him this weird thing, and he says that you must be born of water and of spirit. Now, it, you might say that's a water baptism. It's like, well, yeah, kind of. But I think ultimately it, it has double entendre, so to speak. It has dual meaning, is that when he says you must be born of water, if we go all the way back to creation, the whole world was born of what? Darkness is on the face of the deep. And so whenever Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he's telling him, you must be born from above. Well, the whole earth was born from above, out of water. But then the baptism that we are baptized with into Christ is that we leave, leave our old life of our Adamic nature, Adam, the first Adam, and now we are joined to Jesus, the last Adam, and that becomes our new nature and our new, we're commissioned differently and fashioned differently. Now you say, why don't I just come up looking like Jesus? Because you've always lived in this world under your old operating system, and that's all you've known. And so that's where you struggle right there. It's not that you struggle with it be, the work of the cross not being finished. The, the, what you struggle with is the work of the cross being finished in you. And what I mean by that is I don't believe there's, and I'm not saying there's anything insufficient with the cross, but what it is is that now the cross is operating system is being applied to your operating systems, which you learn from your fathers who learn from their fathers who learn from their fathers who learn from their fathers, and you still operate there. You operate there because it's convenient. You operate there because it's comfortable. You operate there because it has what has got the job done for your family for years. And so you don't mind saying that, you don't mind taking the things that have been distorted, the gifts of God, and distorting them to 70 times 7. You see what I'm saying? That See, that we, we're, it's our heritage, history, and our habits. And the, so the cross is coming against those. And so it's like, well, this is what I've always known. You've got these pathways in your brain, and you just keep going down the same thing. And, and you know, God tests us. He tests us over and over and over again. He tests us to see what we're going to do, not because he doesn't know what we're going to do, but because it'll bring it out in the open for us. And so we, we go through here. And so Jesus is talking to him, but I love what he says here. He says, uh, he says, the man, so is the wind. He compares the spirit to the wind. 
he compares the man who's been born of the Spirit to the wind. See, the wind has something very unique that we all can see about the wind. It's that we can't see it. How many of you have ever seen the wind? You've heard the wind. Oh, so the spirit. So, Ray, when I see the wind in your life, oh, it's, it's an unseen realm that's animating your life. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. They are actually empowered from another realm, somewhere outside of this virtual reality. See, because the unseen realm is just right outside, just right outside what we are so hard and fast and held on to. And so here, he's introducing, so God's love through his creation, his fallen children beckoned man through the very creation itself. Every rock, tree, bird, beetle, sunrise proclaimed our creator's care. Even this creation that was clearly seen did not penetrate man's darkness to curb his lust for more corruption. Read Romans 1, that'll tell you that. Still God so loved the world, and he had compassion on this condemned state. The world's already condemned. Do y'all know that? That's what he said here, John 3. It's condemned already. Because it's under the prince of the power of the air. And he called man who became a nation. He gave them the gift of Torah or the instruction, the written law, the spoken, the written and or spoken expression of himself to Israel as an instrument of his amazing grace. This schoolmaster proved also to be an insufficient guide, not because his gift of revelation was weak. See, this schoolmaster became, was an insufficient guide. But listen to this, not because, not because... The gift of revelation was weak, but because the flesh was weak. Weakened by sin and provided the ever-broadening way of the world and its beast systems to operate until one from the Father would come and reorient mankind to his original design of heaven first, earth second. Man would walk either in darkness or with his tutor as his instructor. That's that's the only choices you have. You either walk in darkness, or you walk with the tutor as your instructor. You can have the law, and all it will do is bring you to the fact that you need the Christ. It won't save you. Why won't it save you? I just told you. Not because the law is weak, but because your flesh is weak. And so the law will bring you to the expo- exposition, the expo, the expo of your flesh and the weakness of it. And then you will look at your flesh and its weaknesses to ever please God. And then you will allow the law to slay you. And then you will allow the cross to circumcise you by the Spirit, the Spirit circumcision. And to remove your flesh. This is Bible. This is just Bible. We just didn't know how it fit in with our lives. We thought our life was our life and the Bible was the Bible. And never the two shall meet. Until I need a little bit of the Bible for my life. So see we have here. Man would either walk in darkness. I want to read that again. Man would either walk in darkness or with his tutor as his instructor. Walking in darkness or by the light of the tutor was dependent upon what side of the covenant that that man may find himself. 
See, that's what Jesus said. See, he came to the Jews because they had the tutor, the instructor, the whole law, the whole Torah had just prepared them for the day that he would come. But the Bible says that they did not recognize the day of their visitation because they preferred the law and its judicious acts and because they had found a way to manipulate it and make money on it. That's why Jesus cleared the temple. What were they doing? They were profiting from it. I mean, I know we'd never hear of a church finding a way to use the gospel to make money. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? So we see this whole thing just going on and on and on and on. See, it's a part of the beast systems that are in the world. And the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. So Jesus taught all of this. All of these, all of these things are from the teachings of Jesus. And now we come to the fact that y'all are going to answer this question about the rapture. And I hope you've got the pages. <coughs> <laughs> I do. <coughs> it's called the Bible. And the Bible says that, <coughs> that one day, one day, ultimately, you're, you're going to get out of your body. You're going to get a whole new body. But you know what? You, you, get, the, you get the opportunity now to live in your body. <coughs> I mean, the, the laws of don't taste, don't touch. This is Colossians 2. Don't touch, don't taste, don't do this, don't do that. He says they may have some, they may have some wisdom with regard to you know, keeping the body in check and being okay for the body, but they do nothing for the spirit. And so, see, the whole thing comes down to is who's at the end of the, the end game is whose team are you going to be playing on? That's what it just comes down to, guys. And the Bible says through much tribulation we shall enter the kingdom. Through much tribulation we shall enter the kingdom. Why would we count tribulation joy? What would be the benefit of it? I can tell you now. The, be- the education, what else? Patience. Okay. So patience is a fruit of the Spirit. So then much tribulation brings about the working of the Spirit in our life. So tribulate, count it all joy. So in other words, all tribulation, when held against, when you take your tribulation and you apply it to the kingdom of God, all it will do is produce the glory to the Father by producing the work to the Spirit. But if you take tribulation and you apply it to the flesh, we've seen that show over and over again, haven't we? See, because then we get circumstantial ethics come up. People decide to rule themselves based on what they think and what they observe and what another person did to them, what another person. I mean, we all do this, guys, don't we? I mean, this is, this is our learning environment. And so when we, when we begin to study Revelation, we'll study some Daniel. Let's just finish. Let's just finish today by reading a little bit of Matthew 24. I'm going to have to get my glasses out. No, I'm just not going to do it. No, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna do Matthew 24 right here. Okay. <coughs> and as he sat on the mount, of <coughs> my throat. <coughs> Sorry. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, "Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age." And Jesus answered them. How many of y'all would like to know what Jesus said? Y'all want to know? Who do, you think, who do you think knows the answer about the end of the age better? Let's find out what he says. See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. 
one. No, three. I can't see. I don't know. Don't ask me questions. Three. And Jesus answered them. See that? Don't ask me questions about seeing things. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm reading. Oh, gosh. I'm reading by faith here. Okay. See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that it, you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all of these are yet but the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. Are you all ready for that? Well, don't, shh, you might as well just hold up. It's amazing how the word will speak for itself, isn't it? <clears throat> okay. And they will deliver you up to tribulation. And many of you will be hated, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because of lawlessness, sin will be increased, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout all the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. That's whenever three and a half year mark when Satan sets up, the Antichrist sets up his image in the temple. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who sit on the housetop not go down to take what is in the house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women, and alas, for women who are pregnant and in those days who are nursing infants, pray that your flight may not be in winter or the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, not ever, nor ever will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, but for the sake of the elect, I've got to get back to my place with our eyes. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, there is the Christ, do not believe it. For false Christs will come and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead many astray, and if possible, even the elect. See, I told you this beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. For they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning, as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. How does the lightning shine from the east and the west? What is that an indication of? How many of you have <coughs> any problem seeing lightning when it flashes in the sky? In other words, he's, he's setting it, he's opposing it to people going, he's over here, he's come, he's over there, he's over here, hey, come over, Jesus is here. 
I'm thinking about that sign in the Hunger Games where they throw the, and the whole, and the whole game, the whole virtual reality cracks, and another realm breaks in to the realm that they're living in. But what if the realm you live in is the only realm you've ever known? Would you ever even conceive that there's a realm that will break into this realm? It's coming. And we're done. Okay.